As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Warriors uh, All-82 Warriors Plus Minus Podcast Game 5. Biggest win of the season for the Warriors? Easily. Not even close. I know. It's like not even. Um, I don't know. That Portland end of the regular season one was pretty big. It actually was big to get this matchup, but it's not like this matchup has been like. Yeah, bonus, yeah. right? I think they'd have been fine if they got Memphis. Yeah, but then you go play in. I don't know. Like now we're just oh, yeah, good point. We're, we're circling back revisionist history. Yeah, I was just trying to make a joke, and you turned it into some serious. What is uh, what's takeaway number one? Sam Amick is with us. Like what? No, what? no, no, no. You had a you had a shot at the crowd. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, I forgot. I was going to take a shot at the Sacramento crowd. Um, I've been comparing it at times in this series to peak Thunder, peak you know Oklahoma City crowds back in the day. But what I remember about that Thunder crowd was. The moment that they knew that they might not see the Thunder again, that, like, first season, they gave, like, standing ovation, wouldn't leave until the game was over. I guess, you know, do you want the Kings crowd to do that tonight? It just didn't feel like – like, they might not see them again this season. I just felt like there wasn't that. things I've seen when KD went back and Warriors were up 25, Russ was playing hard, they were getting blown out. A crazy ovation. I mean, they went nuts. They checked out. It was like – you would have thought they won. Like, that's how yeah. crazy it was. That OKC crowd is different, yo. That's what I'm saying. That The year that they got into the playoffs, they gave them a standing ovation when it was like, they, it looked like their season was done. I just didn't feel that tonight from the Kings. I guess I get it. Sam Amick looks very skeptical. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I mean, listen, game one to game two here at Golden One, I would say the decibel level went down like 10, 15%. I mean, game one was, was 17 years of angst and postseason absences coming out um but it hasn't been the same it, it was really good game one game two it was good tonight but no you didn't have that connection between the team and the and the fans you didn't have any sort of tribute you know i think the locals probably obviously hope that they're coming back um but that's fair because i mean i was dropping the okc game six reference after game one and i still do think that in terms of volume and and energy it was on that level but uh it hasn't sustained correct i would very much agree with you and by the way sorry last thought warriors fans got in for this one a lot more than the it first did. two definitely felt like more warriors fans after the win i don't know if you guys saw like they once the kings fans flocked 
and the Warriors fans were hanging, you had a big group by the tunnel to greet their team, and you got a sense of definitely not, you know, like Raptors in 2019 finals in Oracle, but yeah. but a lot of Dub fans here. Yeah, I couldn't even walk down that way because there's so many Warriors fans that blocked yeah. my way. Yeah. But, yeah, again. Um, all right, actual game. Well, I don't even remember what the final it was, but the Warriors obviously. 123 to one. This is your journal. Like you really want this final score. 123-116. Shot making late, which I believe Marcus Thompson is writing about. Um, I the Andrew Wiggins fadeaway to put him up five was huge. The Steph Curry, you know, dagger finger roll uh, that ended it. The Clay Thompson corner three. That fade that Steph took like shot clock running down. Davion's all over him and he banks it off the glass. The craziest one to me was the Clay corner. Two, I think they so, called it a two. They did call it a two. Is that really crazier to you than than Draymond's like twelve foot fadeaway though? <laughs> degree of difficulty, <laughs> yes, degree, but degree but, of difficulty when considering personnel. Maybe, yeah, I think, I think I, when they do Draymond statue in front of Chase, it should be the Nowitzki one legged fadeaway. Not not the uh, WWE yelling at the crowd. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, like give me the yeah. give me the Draymond yelling. <laughs> it was you know, it was interesting because you know obviously. You know, we're from the Bay. We know a lot of people from SAC. And SAC was very, like, the King, they were very, you know, high-level belief in their team. They thought they had the better team. Like, a lot of people felt like, you know, local radio, like, they're the better team. They're going to win. Blah, blah, blah. And to, this game was like the realization, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is why they're champions. Like, these dudes were making shots where it's like, yeah, you don't. You can't feel that bad going down to some of the greatest players of all time. But it was like, oh yeah, okay. Now we understand. This is different. This is why people were saying the Warriors would win, right? Because well, by the that's way, what they do. Like the that. very popular Warriors and Six prediction that looked very, you know, sketchy after two games is now like very well, clearly the like in play. It's like the overwhelming favorite of how the series is going to go at this point. So I agree with you, Marcus, on the Warriors and who they are, and that's showing itself tonight more than ever. The Kings side, though, it's like you think about games one and two, Trey Lyles busting out, Malik Monk busting out, these these role guys, and you have that old kind of adage about how role guys play, uh, play better at home. And you saw a little bit of that early in this first half, but it didn't sustain. And that is, it, having watched this team closely all year, I find myself going, man, like, where is that outburst? Where's that 10-15 run where the offense kind of flexes its muscles a little bit? And that's not happening. And that's the Warriors' defense. But there is a lot to unpack on the Kings' side. Sabonis, like, numbers are fine tonight, but still pretty underwhelming. They're down. Sacramento yeah. is down on Sabonis. Sure. Ooh, you can hear him mumbling as they like leave. Mike Brown is, too. I mean, he's, he's throwing Alex Lynn out there for long stretches. Some of their comeback was with Alex out there. You know, his style is not is a terrible matchup for him. Um, you know, Kevin Herter, another tough game. Harrison Barnes went from, like, attacking in the first couple of games, looking like it was personal, to, to spending most of the night. An absolutely silent first half. I will say he kind of got it going a little bit. He, he did. Pulse. He got yeah, the pulse. Yeah, yeah, they, work. Yeah. No, they, they went to him late, but just not enough. And, and like you said, then you got the uh, future Hall of Famers well, doing what they You want to know what's crazy coming into the night? What's the concern? Like, can Deer and Fox go? Can you know what does the finger look like? Is he going to be timid out there? Like he was awesome again. I mean that is second the fourth. I mean scoreless in the yeah. fourth. And I will say Clay was cracking me up in the press conference because he was doing his thing where he's wearing all of his thoughts on his face every time a question got asked. 
with to Draymond, by the way, because to paint the picture, Draymond yeah. is in his press conference and, of course, like going long-winded on. Yes, everything. but Clay is nodding in a in affirmation of questions that he agrees with, shaking his head at questions that he thinks are stupid. But when the question was asked about De'Aaron in the fourth and his hand or his finger, immediately Clay shakes his head and then mocks or mimics his left-handed jumper and as to say like he was fine. Like don't talk to us about the finger. He was good, and he, they were the, pretty the, proud of holding him to, to nothing in the fourth. It was a pretty good-looking lefty jumper he, was, he had going, right? The form was good. Uh, Looney was very happy he got a block. He, he got to one of those yeah. Fox jumpers. Yeah. He was like, I got a block. And I was like, did he give it to you? He's like, they never give me a block. So I looked it up, and he had a block, and he was happy. He's like, I got me a block. I blocked one. Yeah, Fox. That's your warrior starting center who gets like gobbles twenty five rebounds a game. Basically, at this point, he get like gets one block and it's it's monumental. Monumental, yeah. To me, I just think they learned the difference. Like it's crazy that Mike Brown was saying this before, but this is what he was saying. Like these shots are different. It's not the regular season, and we're gonna learn if our guys got it or not. And if not, they learn what it feels like. I think tonight they learned what it feels like when the other team is getting stops, making plays, and they're, they're being great. You're asking Davion Mitchell to hit shots. That's just not who he is, right? You're asking Monk to carry the offense. Like, the difference is the Warriors just have more great players. Kings might have a better team. Warriors have more great players. That's just not true. You know they what I mean? More great players? No, no, no. That the Kings are a better team. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm giving credence they to the people wildly, who are saying. I'm not taking any credit from the Kings, but they were incredibly healthy. All year long. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. You end up four. I think a four-game difference in the standings when you got Wiggins gone for two months. All the injuries that the Warriors Peyton had. wasn't I, around. I agree yeah. that the Warriors are a better team, but I'm giving them the credence. The Sacramento, you know, they were finished three seeds. Sacramento thought, you know, their their team was better. Well, I think I partly say that because for me, you know, it's not over. They conceivably could go win two games and yep. shock the world, but this is, if I'm being honest, the first game where it feels like, and, I, you know, this is probably not the case, but where King's front office, Monty McNair, Wes Wilcox, like where their minds might be just looking at the court going, okay, we need this here, we need this there. Like you're starting to see like where the deficiencies are and, and, and what next season is going to look like. Yeah. Um, Kavon Looney probably deserves a segment in itself. I mean, you're mentioning the frustration with Sabonis. That is just because I think there's a surprise to pl- plenty of people that, all NBA, probably third team All NBA center, Demonis Sabonis, uh, is really having trouble with the physicality of Kevon Looney, the smarts of Kevon Looney, the rebounding just um, wit of Kevon Looney at times. Twenty two rebounds tonight, and ha- Marcus, Mister Box Score, get me the minutes on Kevon Looney, but it's twenty two rebounds and not thirty five minutes. Oh, 30, 25, right? Thirty five minutes. Loon played thirty five. Oh, okay, well then the rebound slowed. At one point he had twenty and like. 24 minutes yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah. so he didn't rebound much late Won't but play 35 minutes that's is this right yeah is that right um but 22 rebounds tonight 14 rebounds in game four 20 rebounds in game five i mean we're talking about get the seven assists yep seven assists which actually is a big deal the way he's kind of like secondary playmaking off that but this is your point the whole one big four scores loon's got to be able to be the hub mm-hmm. likes a bonus right and he's showing he can do that like that's that's critical. And That's tough for Sabonis. I'm gonna I'm gonna slow you down on one end and then do what you do better than you on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Oh, uh, Draymond. I mean, we have not talked enough about 20 plus points. So, Christmas Day 2019, 
Which, by the way, do you remember the opponent? Do you remember the game? I do. Who was it? That was their. That was D'Angelo Russell season. That was the fifteen and fifty Houston. season. That was Houston. It was the one game he got up for that whole entire season. The only game he cared for. They were playing the Harden Rockets on Christmas Day, and he lit up for that game. It was probably like their their eighth win of the season yeah. at that point. And then I remember even after the game, he's like, "I'm checking out for a couple months," you know. Um, but anyway, yes, you're correct. Well, even more remarkably, I got to make sure I don't get this wrong. I, th- I looked it up. I think he got, for his entire career, which however many years we're in now with the Draymond experience, I believe it's 38 20-plus point games. Well, and it was mentioned tonight. And I, well, uh, you know, and how many of those are in the 2016 season? Uh, he averaged 14 a game, which he remembered. But I asked him if he re- knew how many PPG he averaged, and he, he got it exactly right. Did he really? Yeah. Yeah. He's in 14. Um, but... Yeah, 38. Guess, did you guys remember Game 7 against the Cavs, the one they lost? Oh, yeah, 32, of course. 32. 32. Seven, seven, three, yeah, seven How many? Threes. Seven threes in that, that game. That part always gets lost in history. The suspension, of course, is what we talk about. But, man, he showed out in Game 7. Yeah, and he, he scored 32 and they scored. Didn't they score like 90-something? Yeah. Like, he was their only scorer in yeah. that game, which it's insane to even believe that that game existed in time, having seen him offensively the last several seasons. But... He, they, as a team, collectively spotted the way that the King, and this is what they do, right? They try to solve these teams over the course of the series. It's what they've always done in the same career. They know that their bigs have to score against the Kings, the way the Kings are selling out for the other stuff. Mike Brown is, you know, in in some ways kind of shamelessly taking away the other stuff, trying to force Looney and Draymond to beat him. Draymond goes through 3 of 14 in game four shooting, but as he said post game, that it wasn't, you know, Jaron Jackson at the rim, he just missed layups. Remember how many bad missed layups he had in game? Yeah, easy ones. And he was just like, I'm going to make him in game five. And to his credit, he, he made a bunch tonight. Not all of them were easy, right? And ones where he's roaring at Sabonis. I mentioned the fadeaway. He hit the big corner three. 21 Draymond Green points. Like, you don't win if you don't get that. Eight of ten shooting, right? Like, he was worse at the line. He could have had 25 if he made his free throws. He's four of eight from the line. It was like there was one moment where he's driving to the hole. Trey Lyles, who's become a bit of a goon in this series, right? Gives him a little body check. Draymond banks it off the glass, yells at him. He goes, he don't just give him the too small. He squats down. He gets down like, he's like, yo. Yeah, it was, yeah, he like, I'm like, what did he, did he fall? What happened? He's like, no. He had to squat to get his hand low enough. You could tell he wanted to come in here and flex. Okay, like, he did, but what about, you guys know him better than I do. What about his energy? So, so he wasn't mixing it up much with the crowd. He, he barrels into a lady baseline, pretty tough, like hits her hard. And he's like, all of a sudden, chivalrous gentleman, Draymond, made sure he was, she was okay. We got that component. Post game, and we he's and we wraps. Did you yes. see that? Yes. Have we ever seen that? That was before? weird. What did you think about that? And also, I think he skipped Tony Brothers. Did he? Who he likes, by yeah, the way. Uh, maybe he got him first. He I saw him three. go. Yeah. He got three. Okay, I, I yeah. missed it. I saw the last two, but he yeah. walked right by Tony Brown. He goes up to one, shakes his hand. First. The other's at the scores table, and he goes over, pats him <laughs> on the back. I was like, yo, <laughs> what is going on? Yeah. I didn't At first, I was like, maybe he, he was like mocking, you know, it was like, a, yeah. Great like, job tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was. It was no, pretty genuine. No, the first yeah. one that I saw, Tony had to be first. Yeah. Because he walked right past Tony. Yeah, yeah. But it was like a handshake and a smile. It was like, you know, it was I weird. really wish I asked him about that post game because I saw the same thing. And I remember a couple years ago, he uh, unprompted, really shouted. I can't remember what referee, but he was like blank. He named the guy. It was unbelievable tonight. One of the best ref games we've had all season. 
he might have done that tonight. He maybe just really there are times where he's like appreciative of how a I game is a good right. Night. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, oh, to your point, though, I mean, he, he were you in his postgame? Yeah, press and he said he yeah. wasn't going to give any energy to the crowd. Even in the locker room, somebody asked him if he saw the T-shirts uh, saying Draymond's a bitch. And, I mean, he nodded and said yes, the but kids. didn't really the shut kids. up. <laughs> You're such an <laughs> asshole. Uh, which, by the way, like, a really annoying side fact. I guess they're made by Barstool Sports, so that's just perfect considering that he got into it with Dave Portnoy uh, in the finals last year. So continuation of that thread. But he just wasn't going down that road tonight. No. uh, uh, By the way, best move tonight of the refs. Best decision. Fox gets a call. Oh, yeah. He got a call for a foul. He turns around and he swings at the ref and he gets hyped. And Tony Brothers looked like he was about to do it. He didn't do it. I was so I was gonna be so mad if they kicked Fox See, out of the that's game. That's why he was voted uh, best ref in the NBA on the anonymous player poll. You know, oh, yeah, he was, yeah. I was I was like, don't you dare kick him out! I was so pissed about that. Can't be like, I understand regular season game tech. He's out, but he already had one tech. So it was like Tony Brothers knew, like, all right, you got one. I'm gonna give you some grace, but. Yeah. I was, I was I was about to be hot because it was definitely a – Well, we've seen gen- games, I mean, to his credit, because you've seen games where you can tell that they didn't even process the fact that dude had won. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you got to keep track of that, and, and that was a big moment. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steph Curry hits the dagger floater, makes the free throw, and then goes right to Andrew Wiggins. Um, And I just thought it was interesting, you know, he really enjoyed that Wiggins dagger because I just think it's the shot that we've seen from the beginning of the Durant era through what Wiggins did last year in the playoffs. It's, It's their bigger wing late in games or in important moments of the game, late in shot clocks, they can go get like the 14 footer. It's it's what Durant did so great for them, right? It's what Steve Kerr always talks about, like the tough twos and key moments of playoff games. And I just, what a series from Wiggins, like a quiet series, but just considering, I mean, I know we've talked about it, but again, same thing tonight. I think he had two more blocks. He has 11 for the series. I think he's 9-16 shooting. He plays, 
I, I haven't even seen the box score, but I bet he played 38 more minutes. Um, and then he hits that big shot. Really, I you know, that is, that's, yeah, that, that's the one that iced it. Um, and he hit a three from the spot he missed in game one. So it was a little bit of redemption there. One of eight corner. from three in game one feels a long time ago. Yeah, uh, th- but, you know, this was kind of what they were banking on, right? This, is the, this, to me, is the same version of last year with Steph starting off on the bench, right, playing 25 minutes. And by the end of the series, he was back doing his thing. Getting Wiggins back is, is a trajectory changer. Him looking like that, him, like, guarding the post. He's guarding Barnes at the post, switching on. To, he spent some time on Monk when GP came in and, and took uh, Fox. Like, he's just, he's just active. He's in... He's engaged. He had a lot of finishes on the four-on-three after they trapped Steph, and he's in the dunker spot. Like, he, he really shined in that spot today. He, he's just back, and, you know, and he's super chill in the locker room, right? Like, he's super chill. Yeah, he's just, like, he, he's wigs, He's man. in a pretty good mood, too. You know, I chatted with him a little bit about that shot post game, and, I mean, you know, he's not the chattiest person ever. But, uh, yeah, no, he's, he's no, in. No, he talks. He talks. Uh, Sam, how, how much do you think? The Kings were prepared for Wiggins to be this good. It feels like it's catching them off guard a little bit. Like they don't like who are they even guarding them with? Like what's their plan? I mean they they know who he is, but he's a better version of, of their guy. And that's the problem. Yeah. With HP, you know. He is, which I and I remember when the Warriors traded for Wiggins and obviously there was high level of skepticism and it was like just kinda be Barnes, right? You can't be Durant, don't yeah. replace Durant, but be Barnes and he really is like, like in the he, yeah, he was the number one overall yeah. pick. Yeah, yeah. You, you, uh, you, and you see it in those moments um, when suddenly it's late clock, and he like that's a really sweet like high level scoring move. A guy who used to average twenty a game for the Timberwolves. It's huge. I mean, you said earlier Slater that like the whole, you know, after the first two games, all those predictions like mine, Warriors and six weren't looking too good, but like. When, when we sat at that press conference when Andrew was coming back and we didn't know how he was going to look physically, like, that was the what if, right? Like, if he can find his rhythm quick, then these guys are title contenders again. And that's why, like Marcus said, like, now you see a team where you're going, damn, okay, so they take care of the Kings. Then they have home court if it's the Lakers next round, which yeah. is insane. Home yeah. court in the second round. Yeah, you know, and that's what's wild about these playoffs, right? Like tonight, the Bucks get bounced. Best team in the NBA by most accounts is out. The West with the Suns and the Nuggets, you know, figuring things out in the other bracket. Um, you know, there's just the Warriors are on that Cavs short list. Got bounced. Number yeah. four seed. Knicks like Heat second round. One is going to be in the East Finals. Yeah, I mean, the Warriors, in terms of Vegas and, and the handicapping, like, they're in a good spot. Yeah, look, and if you go to the final month of the season, you don't know what kind of Wiggins you're going to get or if you're going to get him. You also Gary Payton the second, right? He wasn't around most of the season. He only played, I think, nine games post-trade. Obviously, had the post-trade controversy with the injury tonight. You know, he doesn't play two games ago. He only played seven minutes last game. Tonight, he doesn't come in until there's eight minutes left in the second quarter, and then right away, I thought he changed the game. You know, they put him on Fox, who'd been really hot to that point. Um, he had a strip of Sabonis, which led to a Wiggins wing three. He had an offensive rebound, jumped over everyone to get Clay a three. I think he had a, you know, remember he had a tip bet, tip in. I thought, I think 16 minutes from him, but those were 16, like, like high-impact minutes. Really, what Dante DiVincenzo hasn't been giving them in this series, Gary Payton did tonight, and that is to your point, so much of this season what we've judged about the Warriors has not included Andrew Wiggins as 38-minute 
guaranteed piece that he now is again. And then Gary Payton is the 60-minute wild card off the bench. It's still, uh, like, yeah, GP, you know, he was talking about he's still, he's still getting his energy back after, you know, getting uh, food poison. But so he got that baseline dunk. It was like a little tic-tac-toe thing. He got the dunk. So, you know, he said, like, you know, he's, he's getting there. He's not all the way back yet. But it definitely feels like tonight they were, like, exercising road demons, <laughs> right? Like, we've, we've seen these stars, right? And Wiggins was part of it, blow a lot of late road games to bad teams with poor shooting, bad defense, bad decisions. Tonight they played great defense. They didn't go crazy on threes. They attacked the middle. The Kings are just getting just destroyed in the paint. Like the efficiency of the Warriors, once they get past the the front line of defense, they're getting basically whoever they want inside the paint. I think they shot like 55% from the field and they didn't make many threes. Like that was smart basketball. Like they just didn't, just didn't heave. Even Steph, he took that three that was trying to go for the dagger. Last three. He's like, all right, I'm going inside. I'm driving on Davion. It feels like they were saying, all right. The champs are here. Let's 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 Did end somebody's road rules. Were you in the Kerr press conference? Yeah. So I kind of asked him about, you know, hey, look, what do you expect from the Kings in, in game six? And, you know, obviously, hey, elimination game, they're going to come out, try to hit us, blah, blah, blah. But then he's like, but we do figure out from our, from our side, we feel like we figured this series out in a sense of just don't turn it over, you know, rebound. And then the other thing, which I think you're mentioning is like, they don't protect the rim. Go to the rim. Score at the rim. I mean, it's why Draymond Green, like, Draymond Green wasn't just suddenly like, oh, I feel like I'm back in 2016. It was also like, hey, there's nobody. Again, Jaron Jackson is not there. Robert Williams is not there. He struggles so much in the series where rim protectors are there. And I think finally they have, you know, absorbed the fact that, like, they can just score at the rim against this team. And, and that's what's happened. Pretty much at will. That's... That's the difficult part. I'm interested to see, like, what, what the Kings got. Like, their three-point shooting is quite the mystery. <laughs> like, Did you they, know what the stat was saying? Eight of 12 in the first quarter, two of 23 the rest I mean, of the game. Well, Keegan Murray hits four or five shots. I don't know why they go away from I mean, 10 points in the first quarter, I think, and then, and then nothing the rest of the way. But to me, most of that is this. He finished four or five. Yeah. <laughs> That's Most wild. of that is the Sabonis factor, right? Because he's that he's that hub, he's that fulcrum, and they just they you know they they're all the uh, the guys flying off him as the shooters, but it's not happening. I mean, they're just having to play differently. They're, they're losing their identity right now. So Davion Mitchell taking eight threes is just not yeah. the formula for winning. What did Herger finish up? One for four, four for ten from the field, nine points. So the Warriors in last year's playoffs. Um, had a closeout game five against the Nuggets that was really tight until the finish. They barely squeaked by. They had a game six against that Memphis team that had just blown them out in five. That was a close, you know, remember Dylan Brooks was like hot oh, in that yeah, game six. Like he, home, he almost shot Memphis into a game seven at home. Um, like 30. So, so the Warriors had the la- last season struggled in closeout home games. Um, they and finished game them up. five at home after winning game four was tight. Remember, Steph didn't make a three in Celtics finals. Yes, there. yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. The, the famous game four and, yeah, five, they almost win. So, like, I think the Warriors are not just going to come out and stomp the Kings. And also the Kings feel like 
they have nothing to lose at this point. So right. that well, that was where I wanted to go with the question. I think the Warriors are still ripe to be upset potentially in Game Six. Do you? And I'll start with you, Sam. Do you think the Kings? Like, what do you expect from the Kings on Friday? I'm not seeing it right now. I mean, Fox is fighting through the finger, and I know for the most part he looked great, but it seemed like later in the game some of those turnovers, the the fourth quarter struggles. You know, I don't know. He's he. He's fighting with that. Sabonis not playing well. Like, who are we pointing to and saying that they're on the edge of it and they're getting it, they're getting it? Like, that guy doesn't exist. Keegan Murray had his breakout game in game four in general, was fine tonight when he got looks, but I don't know where the firepower is coming from. Yeah, I mean, Monk could Monk, yeah. potentially. You know, he looked like he almost had a bad leg injury, but yeah. he shook that off. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe you know, hurt her like at some point. Well, not only that, but in the locker room, and this is where they got to figure out their voices. You know, I do feel like, not to get sports psychology on us, but like HB after game four, like where's his head at? Like what is his message? Because he was the guy, you know, the the night they had a team dinner, four or five nights before game one, you got Harrison talking, Delavidova talking, and Leandro Barbosa. These are your veteran voices to talk about the playoffs, what you can expect, what it takes. The, the whole idea was stay present and basically realize that you are not guaranteed the playoffs every year. And so you might look back at this and if you don't make the most of it, have regrets. So let's not do that. Let's, you know, and the message was great. Their spirit was great. They got those first two wins. Right now, uh, it, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like, uh, I don't know who's stepping up and, and getting them in a, a better place spirit-wise. Yeah, some of these dudes ain't gonna be able to say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> the way they're playing is like, who can talk really, Monk or? Fox. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what Sabonis can say right now. Alex Lynn, look at my plus minus, boys. And it's yeah. interesting. I'm curious how you guys see it because we all know Mike Brown pretty well. Like His message for a couple games now, he has been shifting mm-hmm. toward like almost not a hands-off mentality, but like a we'll see if they can do it. You know what I mean? And how like, is that going over, you think? I don't know. I mean, I think almost everything he says is going over well because of what – this season has been to them right I mean like a lot of his tough love coaching if they were 32 and whatever that would mean would I think not have gone over well but because the results have showed themselves out on the court I I kind of think all of his messaging lands well in a weird way it's not wrong right it's just it's almost like he knew like he knew this was coming it's a shift though because he spent most of the year like I think I asked him after game three about you know how you handle your message with the guys and and he talked about and who he brought up pop he brought up some of his other mentors steve kerr obviously um and his idea was that you push all regular season long but then in the playoffs like you you love them up a little bit more which i thought was interesting and so that's the way he's looking at it but again they they've had him with kind of his boot up their backside for the entire year where you make a mistake in the second quarter of a game in January, he's going to call timeout and, and, and cuss you out and tell you what, where you effed up. Like, that mentality is different now, and and I don't know. They're not responding to it right now. Yeah, I mean, he had a – his entire season was like, let's just not celebrate making the playoffs and be happy to be in the playoffs. Let's make a run in the playoffs. But now it is definitely like, hey, let's learn lessons from these playoffs. Let's yeah. learn lessons from these and years. when you get out on the court with the Dynasty Warriors – who won the title last year, like, then you you get exposed. Well, 
Last thing I wanted to ask you guys: uh, Does Draymond keep coming off the bench? Number one, two. Like, do you like that? I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Especially at home. Uh, I still think they're a three-point barrage away. They still haven't shot the ball from three well, and they they need to space them. So I think they I think they do it again. Yeah, they're winning, and I think you know Draymond kind of won in. When he was talking about scoring tonight, he said it was kind of like a interesting perspective from the bench to see the game, see what the game needs, and then get out there. It's a little bit, you know, we've talked about it being reminiscent to Steph against the Nuggets last year. Steph didn't not come off the bench until they lost. So maybe it's just the next time they lose is when, or maybe it's game one, Lakers, you know, different matchup. I mean, bottom line, Jordan is better starting, right? Like that It was is one kind of, of a Jordan pool thing. That's when Steph was like, all right, I'm playing 32 minutes, but I'm still going to come off the bench because Jordan is good like this, and we need Jordan good. So I still think they do it because of that. Yeah, I mean, my last thought, you talk about Draymond coming off the bench and and what these Kings are up against with these Warriors. You guys in the locker room were talking to to Andre, and I'm thinking to myself, you talk about all this history. Like Andre Iguodala, he's hurt, but he probably wouldn't be playing that much anyway right now. That is the guy who first stepped up you know, and said, I'll come off the bench. And that whole ripple effect of, you know, that ethos, that mentality, and that championship kind of, you know, identity they have. So then Steph does it in the playoffs all those years later. Draymond's now doing it. Like, Kevon Looney does it all his whole career. Kevon Looney does it like four times a month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's that part is a cool story. Like, I, if you're Andre, like, I would take a lot of pride in that. Like, I literally set the tone all, what was that, 2012? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was 14, right? Because that's when Kirk came. Run for yeah. So I mean, it was almost a decade ago, and, and you're still bearing the fruit from that. You know who's the one guy who refu- who's refused to come off the bench? Harrison Barnes. No, no, no. no. For the worst. Harrison Barnes came no, off I mean, the bench under Mark Jackson. He came off the bench under Mark Jackson. Okay. All right, I'm on. Current guy. warrior. Well, one guy has refused to come off the bench. The only guy. I feel like I should know this. Tell me. He had some shots tonight, including a corner, big corner three. Came GP? back from two years. I mean, Two years off. Oh, Clay, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You guys talked about that on the pod the other day. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clay Thompson is the winner of that trivia question. Um, All right. Game six is Friday night, 5 p.m. Ray Ritter would be happy that I'm telling the fans this. 5 p.m. tip. I think they're kind of daring the fans to show up and not be typical Warriors fans showing up late. I mean, I expect a disappointing crowd to open that game. It's 5 o'clock in the bay. What are you supposed to do? Right? It's <laughs> take Friday. The off. Yeah, take the day off. Friday's not Wednesday, I guess, but still. I don't know. 5 o'clock on a weekday still. We'll, we'll see. All right, yeah, we will be there. Talk to you then.